over in the NFL. You got a few more hanging out there, and Jim Irsay is saying that the Colts are trying to get an exciting defensive player. That means two guys. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how much closer the Colts are to the Titans, but really do a, a more in-depth comparison of the Colts and the Bengals. The, the Bengals are where the Colts want to go, right? The Colts want to go to the Super Bowl. They want to win multiple championships. That's their stated goal. The Bengals just played in a Super Bowl. They represented the AFC, so we'll talk about that. The Final Four coming up tomorrow, National Championship on Monday. This is Breakfast with Kent for April Fool's Day, but we're no fools, so we're not playing fools. That's not what we do. This is April 1st, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Jared Johnson a call. The best. you got a plumbing problem. He's got a plumbing solution. He has all the technology and all the know-how and the tactical ability to get it done correctly. He is a triple threat in the plumbing business. Give him a call, 765-610-8809. Hit the subscribe button, ring the like button, or punch the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports, all right? Looking at the difference between the Colts starting lineup right now and the Bengals starting lineup, you can see where the the gap is. It's not hard. It's a little bit more difficult with the Titans. All right, the Titans and the Colts are very, very similar. And and the big difference between the Titans and the Colts this past season was the quarterback position in large part. And that Derrick Henry wasn't healthy for a significant portion uh, of the season. A.J. Brown also a better wide receiver at this point in his career than Michael Pittman Jr. However, you look at the stat lines, and the, and this is where like compla- comparing football teams and baseball teams is completely different. Because with baseball, it's really a series, the game is a series of one-on-one interactions. You've got a pitcher facing a hitter. You've got a catcher trying to throw out a base runner. You've got fielders covering ground trying to catch fly balls hit by batters, right? It's one-on-one all over the field. In football, everything is really interrelated. If you've got a quarterback who plays well, he probably has an offensive line that protects him well and weapons that can go get the football give him an opportunity to put up those numbers. So comparing Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan is a little bit clunky, right? First of all, Matt Ryan wasn't on the Colts last year. He was on the Falcons. The Falcons had their issues. They had injury issues. Calvin Ridley didn't play much at all last year, so he didn't have great weapons. Had a terrific tight end. The offensive line, not great either. However, with Ryan Tannehill, you look at Matt Ryan versus Ryan Tannehill, and they are eerily similar statistically. Very, very similar. They're similar in age. Tannehill, 33. Matt Ryan, 36. But these guys, in terms of completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdowns uh, to interceptions, these guys were really, really close to each other. Now, when you compare Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow, the chasm grows, and the reason for that is patently obvious. Look, uh, the Colts' offensive line didn't play great last year, but they weren't a train wreck. The Bengals' offensive line, however, a bit of a train wreck. They went out, they fixed part of that. They got Teddy Karras to play center. 
they got Lael Collins to play right tackle. They plugged some holes. They also have weapons. And, and weapons are what gets you through, right? If you're a quarterback, you got to have weapons. The Colts' weapon is Michael Pittman at the receiver position. All right, you got Michael Pittman. But Pittman does not compare favorably to Jamar Chase. Uh, that's just a fact. And no, you know, slander toward Michael Pittman. But Jamar Chase last year, 81 catches, 1,455 yards, 13 TDs. Michael Pittman, not close. All right, quite close in receptions. He had more receptions, but not close in yards, not close in touchdowns. T. Higgins, this is where it really gets ugly. Because right now, what the Colts have got, they got Des Patman and Michael Strawn as their second and third weapons offensively at the receiver spot. Uh, if you don't want to count Naheem Hines, and Naheem Hines is going to be a difference maker guy this year. Getting the ball out of the backfield, getting the ball maybe in the slot, that kind of thing. He's going to allow Matt Ryan to lift a little bit statistically, and he's going to put up numbers that help close the gap between the Bengals and the Colts. But right now you've got Patman and Strawn, and they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins last year, 74 catches, 1,091 yards, six touchdowns. That's Pittman-esque. Uh, 67 catches, 828 yards, and uh, five touchdowns for Tyler Boyd. And then you had Azama, and Azama had 49 catches, 40, 493 yards. He left via free agency. So, and, and the Colts have Mo Ali Cox as kind of a placeholder at the tight end position. No offense to Mo Ali Cox. The offensive lines, Collins, Karras, Kappa, Carmen, Williams, not necessarily straight across, right, for the Bengals. And then you've got Pryor, Nelson, Kelly, Pitter, and Smith for the Colts. Glowinski gone for the Colts. Eric Fisher gone for the Colts. This, the Bengals, this is really interesting to me. The Bengals last year, they were 10-7. and seven. Colts were 9-8. and eight. That's a one-game difference. If the Bengals don't beat the Chiefs in Week 17... They don't go to the playoffs. It was not a fait accompli. They were going to go to the playoffs. Now, the Titans, different deal because the Titans won 12 games and they were the number one overall seed in the AFC. But they aren't that far away from the Colts. The Bengals played 10, including the postseason, 10 games decided by three points. And they were 5-5 five and five in those games. That's pretty striking to me. That says that the Bengals are not far ahead of everybody else in the AFC at all. They went on a run late in the season, despite losing to the Browns in Week 18. Then they go into the postseason, they make a bit of a run. The Colts, the more I looked at this, and I was really, uh, as I started to look at this, I really thought that we would see the Colts kind of nest in the middle of the AFC. As you look at the Bengals, I thought the Bengals were going to appear to be much better. I thought that the Titans were going to appear to be much better. The truth is, like I said, look, when you compare Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's really the only back in the NFL that can compare to Derrick Henry. And again, you look at the quarterbacks, and you got Tannehill and Matt Ryan. Those guys 
are very, very similar, virtually identical last year statistically. And then at the receiver position, the Titans, they got one guy. They got A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown breaks your heart because the Colts could have taken A.J. Brown in the draft in 2019 in the second round instead of Ben Banigou. A.J. Brown was taking two picks after Banigou in the same draft where the Colts, again, in 2019, uh, they took Rocky Seen instead of Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel taken two picks after Rocky Seen by the San Francisco 49ers. That's heartbreaking. Like, that, that, that's, that's the most horrifying thing maybe I've ever said on A Breakfast with Kent, ever. Chris Ballard has to look at that 2019 draft and just hang his head because it was all there for him. If you draft Samuel and you draft A.J. Brown, this is a Super Bowl team. They didn't. They took Rocky Seen, who's gone, was dealt. What? We don't need to crap on uh, Rocky Seen's legacy with the Colts. He wasn't terrible last year. He was really bad in 19 and 20. Again, not bad last year. And Ben Banning, who really hasn't performed up to snuff at all. He has not been the guy that the Colts were hoping to get in the second round, certainly not producing winning football at a level of A.J. Brown. Anyway, you've got Brown versus Pittman. I think that's a little bit closer than we in Indianapolis might think. Michael Pittman Jr. has got a chance to ascend to that upper tier of receivers in his third year coming up. Colts, they also have to go get weapons multiple weapons. You can't have Patman and Strawn open the season as your second and third receivers. You just can't. And you don't want to just throw Naheem Hines out in the slot and say he's our slot receiver instead of our backup running back or who the hell's the backup running back to Jonathan Taylor. You don't want Jonathan Taylor carrying the ball 450 times. But the point is, that this Colts team is not far away. And when you look at the defense, how about the defense of the Bengals versus the defense of the Colts, right? The defense for the Bengals ranked 17th in points allowed, 18th in yards allowed, 17th in turnovers generated. That's dead in the middle of, of the NFL. The Colts, despite Matt Eberflus's defense allowing Uh, An enormous number of points. They were ranked 29th in points allowed toward the bad. They had, so to the first, second, third, fourth most points allowed in the fourth quarter. Now, some of that had to do with the offense. Like I said, football's entirely interrelated, right? But some of it had to do with Matt Eberflus and his scheme and the personnel for the Colts. Uh, That defense was not a reason that the Colts won nine and lost eight, right? They weren't, they weren't necessarily a force for great. They were a force for good. They generated a lot of turnovers. At any rate, this is a better defense in terms of rankings than the Bengals had. This team, you get weapons. If Chris Ballard, here I'm going to talk myself into things that I don't like talking myself into. If you hit it 42 and you hit it 73, you got a shot in 2022 to be a significantly improved team. If you can go out like Jim Ursay has threatened to and go get an exciting defensive player, those are his words, in free agency, 
there would be two of those left on the board, Stephon Gilmore and uh, Tyron Matthew. If you can get one of those two guys, you got a chance to put together defense that is going to complement the offense and an offense that's going to complement the defense and could all of a sudden sort of be in the game to win that one extra game. That's what the Colts have to do. They have to win the one extra game. they got to get to 10, go to the playoffs, and from there anything can happen. This is what we do in March and April until we get to the draft. We, we twist ourselves, we contort ourselves toward believing that hope is rational for us as fans. That's what we do, and that's what especially we do when we start comparing, comparing uh, component pieces of the team that won the AFC last year, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the team that didn't make the playoffs in the Indianapolis Colts. Colts, all they had to do was either beat the Raiders at home or the Jaguars on the road, and they would have had the exact same one-loss record as the team that went to the Super Bowl. That's how close the NFL is, and that's the magic of the NFL with a hard cap. We really pay attention because nobody is altogether that far away. Final four, coming up tomorrow, 6.09, game one. It's Villanova, Kansas. I think Villanova wins this game. I know Kansas is the lone one seed left, but Villanova has, I think, the best coach in college basketball, and this is really a good how much fun is this? You know, it's not, you don't have as much fun as it is to have Loyola in the Final Four or Butler, George Mason, or Virginia Commonwealth. St. Peter's this year kind of made a run. Fun to have the underdogs. These are four blue bloods, baby. Kansas, a one seed, usually a one seed, always a, a representative of excellence in college basketball. Bill Self taking his team to New Orleans tomorrow to take on Villanova and Jay Wright. Villanova and Jay Wright are awesome. Like I said, for my money, the best coach in college basketball. And then you got Duke, North Carolina. What do you need to say about that? It's going to be Mike Krzyzewski's last game as a head coach. Hubert Davis and Carolina are going to beat Duke. It's going to be Nova and Carolina in the final. And I think Nova cuts down the nets for the third time in the last decade. Awesome. Let's celebrate some birthdays. David Marquardt, Anthony Morehouse, Kelly O'Brien, uh, Max Gabovich, happy birthday. The great John Bartholomew celebrating a birthday. Amy Sims, the great Eddie Volkman, happy birthday. Uh, Mike Maxwell, Johnny O, Johnny Osler, the great Johnny O celebrating a birthday. Paul Barker, Tom Michaels, Mark Gupton celebrating a birthday. David Sharman celebrating a birthday. Two legends in the annals of New Albany High School soccer's pro, uh, soccer program. Kurt Kretschmar, happy birthday. The great Stephen Bardo, celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Stephen. Uh, Scott Caesar and Tag Griffin, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Don't forget the Indy Spring Parade at the corner of Durney and Lennon Streets uh, this morning in downtown Indianapolis. Joan Rivers, the Grand Marshal this year. And uh, later today, Inside Indiana Sports Now. Can't wait to talk 